Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Indians taking on the Detroit Tigers in a three-game series this weekend, part of a six-game homestand with the Royals coming in on Monday. And that's it in terms of home games before the All-Star game. The Indians will head out on the road after Wednesday's game against Kansas City and not return to regular season play until after the All-Star break. But, of course, the All-Star game in Cleveland, it will be the epicenter of Major League Baseball activity. Should be a great time. And uh, hopefully some Tribe players will be in there as the voting continues um, to move onward here this week and next. And they set the rosters, things like that. But certainly looks like Carlos Santana has a great chance to be a part of the American League All-Stars. Francisco Lindor, you have to figure he'll be in the mix, along with Brad Hand, the Indians' closer. So a lot to look forward to, certainly, in the weeks ahead. Coming up on this week's show, we'll hear from Oscar Mercado, the Indians' outfielder who's made quite an impression. Also, Zach Plezak, the young pitcher who is off to a great start in his major league career. Scott Atchison is the Indians' bullpen coach, and the Indians continue to be the top bullpen in Major League Baseball with the lowest earned run average among the relief pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. And we'll have a farm report from Indians Director of Player Development, James Harris. But first, our week in review. And after a loss in Texas to open that series on Monday, the Indians were back at it on Tuesday night in Texas. Zach Plezak against Adrian Sampson, the pitching matchup. And Jason Kipnis put the Indians in front early with an RBI single in the first inning. Then in the fourth, Jose Ramirez extended the lead. Talked about this ballpark playing much like Coors Field in Denver in a mile-high altitude where you have football-like scores almost nightly. That's how good a hitter's park this is. And you you just feel like he's got to be able to hit here or what are we looking at with Jose Ramirez? Now the 0-1 pitch. Target inside corner. Here it comes. He drives one high, deep to right, away, way back, upper deck home run. Well, maybe there's your answer. I mean, folks, that is a prodigious second deck blast to right. Then it was Tyler Naquin driving in one more in the third inning to make it 5 nothing, And in the fourth, Kipnis was back at it. Here's the pitch to Kipnis. Swung on, looped to shallow right center. That's going to drop for a base hit. Good read by Santana as he will chase Mercado home and score a second run on the play. Mercado first, then Santana, and it's a bloop single that drives in two for Jason Kipnis, and the Indians now lead it 7-0. 
Three RBI game for Kipnis. Had a good series over the weekend in Detroit. And now backing it up with a strong effort here tonight as well. Meanwhile, on the mound, Zach Plezak continued his impressive stretch of good pitching in this, his rookie season. The two-strength delivery to Andrews. Swung on, grounded to second. Freeman backhanded, flipped to second one. Lindor across the bag, throwing. Got him! An inning-ending double play, and that's big on this hot night. Plesak has another dominant inning. And we go to the seventh. Tribe, seven. Rangers, one. Then it was on to the seventh inning, and what an inning it turned out to be as lefty Drew Smiley was on the mound for the Rangers, and Jake Bowers let things off for the Tribe. The pitch, and it swung on, hit pretty well to right, and this ball is gone to the lower deck. Jake Bowers off the left-hander, hits his ninth home run. Now the pitch, a swing and another high drive, deep right center field, forget about it! Perez deep into the lower deck in right center and the Indians go back to back Roberto Perez hits number 12 the pitch a swing and a long drive deep left center gone for Naquin back to back to back Jacks first time the Indians have done that here in 2019 Three consecutive bombs for the Indians, and they are bombing Drew Smiley and the Rangers 10-1. to So there it was, the Indians' first time going back-to-back-to-back in terms of home runs since the 2004 season, and that was plenty to close out a 10-3 win for the Tribe. On to Wednesday, the Indians back at it in Texas. And again, it was the Tribe taking an early lead thanks to Carlos Santana. Now the 1-1 pitch to Santana. And he bangs one up the middle. Base hit center field. Lindor will score easily. And the Indians have a 1-0 lead. So Carlos Santana wraps a single back up the middle into center. 43rd run batted in. Later on in what turned out to be Jason Kipnis came to the plate with two men aboard. The pitch. Breaking ball hit a ton. Deep right field. There she goes. Deep into the lower deck. Jason Kipnis. A three-run blast, and it's 4-0 Indians. Whew, what a series it was for Kipnis in Texas. The next batter was Roberto Perez. The pitch to Perez. He lofts one high, deep down the right field line toward the pole. Fair ball, home run, 5 nothing Indians. Roberto Perez with his 13th homer. Texas got a run back in the second inning. Then it was the Indians offense in the third, starting with Jordan Luplo. Curveball, and he drills it to left field. Base hit between the left fielder and the line. Calhoun will have to go get it at the wall. Hitting third, being waved home is Santana. Throw to the plate. The feet first slide. He's in safely. Ball skips by the catcher. Backed up by Palumbo. Luplo goes to third on the throw to the plate. So the Indians lead it 6-1 and give Jordan Luplo an RBI double. Jose Ramirez drove in another in that third inning to make it 7-1. to one. And then in the top half of the fifth, Jason Kipnis went deep one more time. Here's the 0-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to right. Way back there. Home run, Kipnis. A screamer 
into the lower seats in right for Kipnis, and the Indians are up 8-3. to Two-homer game for Jason Kipnis, now has five on the season. So the Indians had themselves a 10-4 win, and on Thursday, despite a loss, they still came home with a 5-2 and road trip to Detroit and Texas. On Friday night, the Indians returned home before a big crowd at Progressive Field on a beautiful night to open a homestand against the Tigers, and it turned out to be one of the wildest games of the season downtown. Thoroughly entertaining, and the Indians would get it going early. Third time this week, they scored in the first inning, and this time it was Carlos Santana. Now the 1-1 pitch from Boyd, and it's swung on, hammered to deep center field. Back is Jones on the track at the wall. It is gone! A two-run home run to center field by Carlos Santana. He's hit his second home run right-handed this year. 16th overall, and the Indians finally get to Matthew Boyd on a blast to center by Carlos Santana. And it's 2-0 Indians here in inning number one. And Santana having an all-star first half. But Detroit would get to Trevor Bauer on this night for five runs over the next four innings to move out to a 5-2 lead. But the try began to chip away, starting in the bottom half of the fifth with Tyler Naquin. Tigers leading it 5-2, and Naquin launches one high and deep to right for it. Home run, Tyler Naquin way on out of here. Tigers five, Tribe three on the fourth home run of the season from Tyler Naquin. In the sixth, it was Jordan Luplo. Boyd, five strikeouts, two walks, kicks, fires. Luplo swings and drives it. Deep left field. This ball is gone. Onto the porch and left. Jordan Luplo has nine home runs, eight of them off lefties. And then Roberto Perez tied things up. Swung on, flared toward right center. Base hit! That'll tie the game! Ramirez in to score! Perez has come through again. RBI number 30 on a soft liner to right center. And the Indians have scored two in the sixth and have tied this game at five. And that's something you just don't see very often. Matthew Boyd give up a sizable lead. On we went to the bottom half of the eighth inning, and the Indians went on top. Jose Ramirez led off with an infield single, and the next batter, Jason Kipnis, tripled high off the wall in right center field, originally called a home run. But on the review, Kipnis was awarded a triple, and Ramirez scored on the play. Then Jake Bowers drove in Kipnis with a sacrifice fly for what proved to be a big insurance run. That made it 7-5 Indian. On to the ninth inning, and Brad Hand looked human for the first time in a long time. He led off, uh, he allowed a leadoff double to Jacoby Jones, followed by an RBI single for Christian Stewart. That made it 7-6. Now Stewart's ball bounced off the wall and right, but he fell down rounding first base, so he had to stay there instead of moving to second. And that set up Tyler Naquin to make the play of the day and save the game. The 2-2. Two -two. 
Swung on, line shot, right center, diving attempt. Naquin with a backhanded catch. He's throwing to first. He got up. Well, Tyler Naquin just took over the game with his glove. A diving backhanded snag in right center. Hop to his feet, a one-hop throw to first, double play, and the Tigers stand stunned in and outside their dugout. And after that great play by Naquin, Brad Hand recorded the final out. Hand is ready. Here it comes. Swung on, lifted in the air, shallow center, kip this out. He made the catch! Ball game! He and Mercado avoided a collision, and Kipnis went a long way into center field to grab it. What a win for the Indians! So the Indians open the homestand on Friday night with that 7-6 win, and uh, they'll be back at it this weekend. A 4-10 first pitch on Saturday, and then a 1-10 first pitch against the Tigers on Sunday afternoon. Stay with us. When we return, we'll visit with one of the youngsters who has really given the Indians a boost, outfielder Oscar Mercado. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, get your head in the game. This ain't no exhibition match. This is for real. You've got a house to insure, and there are no excuses because Progressive's Home Quote Explorer makes it easier than ever to get the coverage you need. Here's some music to get you pumped. Don't feel that confidence. Did I say stop saving money? No. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us this weekend. One of the big keys to the Indians' surge offensively has been the fine play of Oscar Mercado. More than a month now in the major leagues, and Mercado has settled in nicely, batting over 300 with some power. And we caught up with him earlier this week, and he talked about that first month-plus of his major league career and why it's going so well. The biggest thing is just kind of sticking to what you know day in and day out. Uh, not You're not going to have success all the time, but if you just keep doing what, what you've been doing and kind of what got you here, I think you'll be okay. And that's kind of been my plan the whole time. And maybe along those lines, it seems like you're very open to some instruction or, or words of advice from some of the other players here who've been here for a little bit. Uh, how much of that do you seek out to try and help you along your way here in the early stages of your career? Oh, a bunch. Um, most of the guys, or all the guys here, I mean, they've been doing it for a while. Uh, they've had success. You know, they've, just like any anybody's career that's ever played this game, it's going to be an up and down thing. So, you know, you can take something from everything, from everything that they've gone through, uh, all the success and all the failures. And, you know, they've, they've managed to get through it and they've managed to deal with, uh, with everything. So I've wanted to... I wanted to kind of seek them out and see what uh, what they see, what they think, how they handle things, and and uh, how they can help me in any way. Then I'm open to it. When you look at, at how things have gone, anything surprised you up here that, that maybe you weren't expecting? 
Um, not really. Um, one thing I would say is just how relaxed everyone is. They come to the field, and to them, like, this is their, their life. They love it. Uh, they've been doing it for a while. And as soon as they step in between those white lines, it's all business. And their ability to kind of flip that switch is something I admire a lot and something that, that I really pay attention to. And how about challenges? What's been the, the biggest challenge that you've had to face maybe on a day-to-day -day basis? Could be a big thing, could be something really small. I think just a, the adjustments that other teams can make against you. You know, sometimes when you're in the big leagues, your failures are magnified. And uh, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, but so, you know, your success is magnified as well. But I think uh, your success becomes something, your failures, I mean, become something that, in the minor leagues, you kind of, you know, it happens and you can kind of just throw it away or flush it. But here, you know, it's magnified and kind of have to answer questions uh, about it and everything. And that's kind of been the biggest thing is learning how to, you know, and just deal with it and then moving on. You play with someone who may have more fun than anybody in the game in Francisco Lindor. Uh, how much fun are you having up here? I'm having a blast. Uh, every day I get to, to live my dream out. So, you know, it sounds cliche, but... That's all I can really ask for. Everyone else, you know, surrounded by a great group of guys that, you know, enjoy the game, playing the game all the time. So I want to I wanna just get to the point where uh, I can go out there and every day and just, you know, be calm, but be the player that I am and not really stress out about little things all the time and just kind of enjoy it just like all these guys do all the time. Yeah, it's a plan that's working so far. Thanks so much for coming by, Oscar. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Oscar Mercado, Indians outfielder, who is off to a fine start in his major league career. Another player in very much a similar situation, except on the mound, is Zach Plezak. He continues to throw the ball well, and we'll visit with him after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Zach Plezak is off to a nice start in his major league career. Won his second big league game earlier this week in Texas to improve his record to 2-2. Two and two, But he has thrown the ball well in each of his starts so far. And when we had a chance to visit with him earlier this week, he talked about getting more and more comfortable in the rotation. Now five starts into his major league career. I've been able to find a routine better now that's been some time. I've had some time to be able to be around the clubhouse and and get get a view of kind of how things work. And it's been it's been a great transition finding you know my my path in this clubhouse and kind of finding my way to put everything that I need to do in order to to line me up for my start. And um, you know yeah it's, that was my fifth start and uh, you know it's going by quick and I'm just super excited to get after the next one. When you look at, at challenges with each start, certainly pitching here at the ballpark in Arlington in the middle of the summer can present some challenges against a really good lineup. And um, what did you find most challenging last night and had good success with? Uh, I would say the most challenging was just, um, you know, some point in the game there was a time where I was kind of getting behind in the count. And I think that was challenging for me just to get back in the zone and command both sides of the plate. Um, 
you know, the weather was beautiful when the sun went down, and that lineup is hitting great right now. And, you know, I really just followed Berto's plan behind the plate. We, we talked before. We had a good report. We had a good idea of what we were going to do with the game plan. So we, we went through a good game plan before the game and then, you know, attacked and we got out there. And, um, you know, credit to him because he, he called the pitches. You mentioned that. You're not the first pitcher who said that about Roberto Perez. How much did you know about his abilities before you got here? And then what has it been like since you've been here if he's caught you? I've always heard great things from guys I've known who've been able to pitch to him. Uh, I've never been able to have the luxury of him catching me up until I, I got here in Cleveland. But, um, you know, he, he does an amazing job behind the plate and knows how to read swings, knows how to read guys' approach, and, um, you know, he, he knows what he's doing when he's calling the pitches. Zach Plezak, last night's winning pitcher for the Tribe. Always warm here in, in Arlington. Last night, you mentioned when the sun went down, it was okay, but uh, tricks of the trade, you had some extra jerseys in, in reserve in case? Yeah, I had uh, an extra jersey waiting for me in case I sweated through the first one I had on, and um, each time I switched out the jerseys, I'd hand, hand the clubby my other jersey I was wearing to dry off so that it was still had some on deck in case I needed another one. And you get deep into the game. I know Shane Bieber has talked about the third time through the lineup, how important that is. Uh, how important is it to you, and, and what do you try and do to make sure you have success if you're fortunate enough to face a lineup a third and maybe even a fourth time? I just kind of try to keep the hitters on their toes, you know. Uh, try not to be too easily readable. Um, make sure I'm mixing up good. Um, don't fall in the trap of the same sequence. You know, they're making adjustments, and I got to make an adjustment off of my bat I had with them, you know, the, the time before. So um, really just making adjustments throughout the game and reading guys' swings. Come the third time around, you should have a pretty good idea of what you're trying to do. And if you just attack, you know, you can make sure that they're not they're not counting steps on you. Pitchers on this staff are, are noted for their between starts preparation. It's a day after the start. What are you doing today to get ready for the next one? I uh, just went through my routine of just, you know, getting loose, getting outside throwing, and I got a lift today. So um, I'll get a good lift in, get some extra recovery care, arm care, and, um, you know, cheer on my boys today, pluck them on the mound. All right. Thanks for coming by, Zach. Yep, thank you. Thank you. That's Zach Plezak, man, and it sure seems like the sky's the limit for him as he's been tremendous since being called up from the minor leagues. Well, a big key to the Indians' resurgence here in the month of June has been the work of their bullpen. We'll visit with bullpen coach Scott Atchison when we come back after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tribe Talk continuing from downtown Cleveland, where Progressive Field this weekend. Jim Rosenhouse along with you, and great to have you with us talking baseball on the radio. A bunch of ways to get the show each week, including on the Indians Radio Network, many of our stations carrying the show, including our flagship in Cleveland, WTAM 1100, among others. 
and uh, you can pick it up each week, usually Saturday afternoons prior to the Tribe game. Also, you can hear it online at Indians.com or in podcast form whenever you like on Apple iTunes and the iHeartRadio media app. So uh, a lot of different ways to get Tribe Talk each week. Well, the Indians' bullpen has been a surprise to some. I think heading into the season, there were some question marks all through spring training as to how the bullpen would perform this season with uh, several holdovers, but some new names as well. And obviously it's turned over a little bit as the season has gone along. But all along this season, the Indians' bullpen has performed extremely well to the point where they went into play on Friday night with the lowest bullpen ERA in Major League Baseball, and it's been that way for a while. We joined Scott Atchison, the Indians' bullpen coach, yesterday, and he talked about that number one ranked bullpen for the Tribe. And while it didn't appear that way going into the season, he's pleased with how things have gone to this point. Yeah, you know, the guys have thrown really well. They've, they've thrown well since the season started. Um, came into spring, they got themselves ready to go, and everybody just kind of sits around and waits for the phone to ring. And, you know, if it's my turn, I'm ready to go. And they've taken that approach and that attitude all year, and, and it seems to be paying off. And the bullpens are interesting sometimes. You can have a, a slew of, of power arm stuff, guys, and it doesn't come together like this pen has. What do you see here with, with a variety of arms that, that has worked so well? You know, I think, like, obviously, like you said, you know, we have a lot of different looks and different different things coming out of there from December to hand. It just, you never know. You know, you got a lefty or a righty and guy throwing underneath. But they they all, like I said, really just are embracing that when it's my time to pitch, I'm going to go out there and do it. And I think you, you're seeing that. And, you know, they, they get along well and, and they've bonded as a group. And they take that out onto the field and going to go get the guys I'm supposed to get. And when Tito comes and gets me, the next guy's going to pick me up. Is there something to the the saying that if you have a good closer, sometimes everything else can fall into place, and certainly Brad Hand has been tremendous? Well, he has. He's been unbelievable, and, I mean, I think that helps everybody knowing kind of who's going to finish it, I guess. But, like I said, in front of that, these guys have been unbelievable, and, and they really, you know, it's, well, is it my turn to get the ball to him, or is it your turn? And who cares? Just give it to me and let me do it. Indians bullpen coach Scott Atchison. Indians came into play tonight for a while now, leading the major leagues with the lowest bullpen ERA. And uh, Scott, you look at that, and uh, several of the relief pitchers have, have said they feel very well prepared when they come into a game. Uh, what can you do from your standpoint in terms of preparation, not even the, the physical part of it, but uh, perhaps analytics-wise or, or something else that gets them ready to go when they're called upon? You know, the biggest thing is, is every series before the series, we, we sit down and, and we let them actually kind of talk through how they want to attack the guys with the catchers. You know, Roberto and Floecki have done a great job with that, and we kind of let them be more involved in the meeting and how we're going to go through the lineup that night. And so I think from that, and then I have my stuff down there to help them with any reminders they might need throughout the series of going in. And really after that, like I said, when the phone rings, they just get the ball and they're ready to go. But they at least feel it's good that they feel confident when they walk out there that they know how they want to attack and like I said we're kind of letting them run that and they've done a, they've done a real good job and we supplement where needed and help if there's something else we see and help them out but you know I think for any pitcher standing out there prepared and and knowing how you want to attack a certain hitter is going to put you in a good place to be successful how much has it changed if so from from your time as a player you were at it a long time as a, as a pitcher a lot of years as a reliever uh, has it changed much well, I think there's there's more information. And then from our end, from Carl and Brian Sweeney and myself, 
our end is to really try to narrow that information down to how it applies to each guy individually. Um, and, and we're able to take that and do that very simply and make it as simple for the player as possible. Like I said, they want to be prepared, but you don't want them out there overthinking through that or looking at all these tons of numbers necessarily and doing that. So we take those numbers and try to simplify them and, and make it easier for them. You know, and that's changed. There weren't as much when I first started, but you know, towards the end of my career that this was really, you were starting to get more and more on other guys, but it evolves every year. And, and like I said, we try to evolve with it. And of course, bullpens have personalities and we'll finish with the important stuff. Who is the class clown out in the uh, Cleveland Indians bullpen this season? Well, I don't know that there's any clowns, but they all they all have a good time. And, you know, like I said, it, early in the game, sometimes first couple innings, if you know the starters cruising, guys are definitely loose. But when it's time to go, you know, and you start getting into the game, those guys, you know, they hunker down and they're they're very serious about their their job and they do that. But, you know, they keep it light, especially in even in pregame, you know, like to mess around and definitely pick on me for that matter but no it's all good and you know like I said they're all a good group and it's gone well so far and have you solved any world issues uh, out there during the course of the games none of that I don't think <laughs> at least not in what ones that anybody needs to know about but no everybody like I said it's 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 a good time but when it's time to go to work they go to work yeah they're doing a great job so far and Scott thanks so much for coming by appreciate it no problem thanks that's Indians bullpen coach Scott Atchison well we'll conclude our show this week checking in with James Harris the Indians Director of Player Development, our weekly farm report. And this week we focus on Mahoning Valley. But first, James talks about his time out in Arizona where he was welcoming in several new players, the recently drafted players, to the Indians organization. Really exciting. Coming off the draft, we had 31 players uh, show up last week for what we call the Foundations Program uh, to get them acclimated to our organization. So that's 31 new players that just came within a week of the draft um, to start their pro ball career. So. It's a credit to our scouting department of identifying and bringing those guys in and getting them there in a time where we could get them to work and begin their pro ball experience while we're also sending 35 other players to the New York Penn League to play for our Mahoney Valley team. And you mentioned that, and we'll get to Mahoney Valley in a bit. So the, the players who were signed in the recent draft, they all go to the Arizona Summer League and get started there? Yeah, we send them all to Arizona at least to get started. It allows us to get to know them better. Um, to really dig into them as, as individuals, um, have them learn more about who we are as an organization and get their pro ball careers off to the, on the right foot. And then from there, we're, we're able to flip them out to whatever level that they're, they're ready to play at. So um, we accelerate that, that promotion once we have that information. You mentioned Mahoning Valley, and the scrappers are underway. And an exciting night earlier this week in that Ethan Hankins, who uh, really is an intriguing pitching prospect, made his first appearance for the scrappers, and uh, the line was tremendous, four hitless innings. Uh, what were the reports that you got back from that appearance from him as he gets his season started? Well, one thing that you can say is, like, when you walk in, he's only 19 years old, but he's a, he's a grown man. He's a big physical presence on the mound. And he's highly competitive. So he went out and he was excited to be able to to, to pitch in front of a, a crowd because there's not as many people at games in Arizona. And he only pitched in one game last year. And then he pitched in extended spring training. So he was up to the challenge uh, in his first outing in the New York Pin League. And we're excited about how he did. And for those who, who may not know and, and wonder, you know, why – why so cautious? Why is it taking him so long to get to a certain point or whatever if he was drafted last year? Uh, caution, always very important with young pitchers, but even more so with him because of some of his background? Yeah, I think 
he's a high school player that we, we drafted um, right after he graduated last year. And during that time, he had gone a period of time from the end of his high school season to the time we drafted where he did not pitch. So we wanted to get him back into shape and instead of just throwing him to the to the wolves and actually walk him through the process of 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 essentially taking care of himself. So imagine a player uh, living with their family on on a Friday, but yet being with us on a Saturday. Like there's a lot of things that young guys that are coming out of high school um, are learning. And so we we're excited to work with him on that process. In that Mahoning Valley Ball Club, I know a lot of teams in that league are college player dominated or, or college drafted player dominated. So they're a little bit older, but it looks like a very young team there. And, and let's stay on the mound. Another 19-year-old is Carlos Vargas. And what do you see from him? So he's an exciting guy for us that, that came out of our Latin American complex um, who pitched for us in, in Arizona last year. And we're excited to, to, to get him out to Mahoney Valley and see him pitching in the New York Penn League. Um, he's come out as a, as a starter for us with, with power stuff. We're, we're excited about seeing him. I think he'll be a name that you'll hear more about in the future. James Harris joining us, Indians Director of Player Development, staying on Mahoning Valley in, in the New York Penn League. And again, they're just getting their season going here this week. On the position player side, a couple of, of young players we've heard about um, coming out of the Latin American program, George Valera and Brian Rochio. And uh, both of them are, are at Mahoning Valley at the age of 18. And, and what has you excited about both of those young men? Uh, one thing is George Valera is a, a guy that, that was signed, uh, I think it was a year and a half ago. Um, we're really excited to get him out of Arizona. He's been there for a little while and get him playing in the New York Penn League. He's a big physical presence with a, with a big bat. Uh, I want to say he had a home run this, this weekend, and, and he does it all with a, with a smile on his face. He's a hardworking guy who had ran into a little bit of injuries when, earlier in his career, but now he's healthy. He's running around in the outfield, can play all three positions, and we're excited to see him get going. And uh, Rochio on the infield, uh, you can never have enough good infielders, and the Indians continue to stockpile. What do you see from him? Yeah, this this guy is a, is a name that um, I feel like he's been with us for five years, but he's only been with us for a short period of time because people are so excited about this guy. Uh, he plays mostly shortstop, but is a middle infielder, can play second and a little bit of third. Um, he's he's a, a guy who's a, a man amongst boys at, at certain times, even though he's in a small package. So you'll look at him and you're like, that guy, that little guy over there, but he understands the game. He plays really hard. He's highly competitive, and he finds his way to get on base um, often. So he's an exciting watch um, for, for anyone who's out to, to see Mahoney play. Yeah, you mentioned Valero, a, a big physical kid, and, and you are mentioning also earlier Jonathan Rodriguez, uh, another uh, big physical outfielder. What do you see from him uh, in the early stages of his career that, that has you really excited? Yeah, he's a guy who, who filled into his frame. As a, when we when we drafted him, he was a, a skinny guy who, who came to us out of out of Puerto Rico, and he's he's physically matured here over the past year, um, grown into his body, um, has been really good defensively as as well as um, with the bat. So we're we're excited to get him out. This this group of players. I mean, not saying that we're more excited about one guy over another, but we're really excited about to get this group out. As you talked about, there's there's three 18-year-olds and two 19-year-olds. It's a really young young group, but it's, it's the future of our organization. And certainly important to have that, that good guidance from your manager and coaching staff in Mahoning Valley. Explain who those guys are and, and what made them the right fit to lead this group. Yeah, uh, our manager there is Dennis Malave. He's been in our system for uh, quite a bit of time. He spent some time in Arizona, so part of his role was developing young players, so we did that. 
Last year, he moved up to Akron in a bench coach role, so he spent some time with um, some some players higher in the system, and we felt that he was a good kind of mentoring guy to help these young players, both who come from our American complex and our Latin American complex, to, to meld together and, and get some good hard work in, in their development. On the on the hitting side, we have Grant Fink, who was a player for us. As many fans will, will realize he was in, in our system. Um, and he's, he's there on the hitting side. On the pitching side, we have um, Jason um, Blanton, who we've, who's been in our system for a couple of times. He's been in this, in this particular affiliate last year, and he's, he's done really well with helping young pitchers find their routines. Well, it should be an exciting season. I know um, a lot of the young kids hitting the system, and as you said, playing in front of some fans for the first time in their careers, that's a, a lot of fun for them, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it over the course of the summer. James, always great to have you along. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always fun. That's James Harris, Indians Director of Player Development. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Great to have you with us as always. We'll join you next week when the Indians are in Baltimore as they'll take on the Orioles to begin their road trip. That's where Tribe Talk originates from next weekend. Until then, as always, thanks to Brian Matze for his great work putting together our show each week. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. to hop back on the bandwagon, folks. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.